FM 89.9 KMOJ looking at 38 minutes after the hour. After the hour, 3 o'clock within the Twin Cities. Walter Q. Bear Banks Jr. got you in the afternoon drive. There's no question about it. And every other Tuesday, we lock it in and let you know what's going down when it comes to Little Moments Count. Now, Little Moments Count, we got my man, Mr. Andre Dukes, who's the Vice President of Family and Community Impact when it comes to North Side Achievement Zone. But there's a lot more to this young man even beyond that. But before I jump into that, let me let you know that this episode of the Afternoon Drive is presented in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focusing on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of brain development in the first three years of one's life. Now, nearly 80% of the brain growth happens within the first thousand days of a small moments of the interaction when it comes with the youth, when it comes to talking, playing, uh, reading, singing, uh, the list goes on when it comes to that growth and that for that brain within itself. So now check this out. We're talking about learning processes. If you like more information, you can visit at littlemomentscount.org. So right now, let's jump right into it because uh, my man, Mr. Andre Dukes, I'd like to say good afternoon to you and how you feeling, oh, sir. I'm doing well, Q. Barrett. It's good to be on today and happy post-Juneteenth to you and post-Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Well, let me say happy belated to you as well on both accounts because I know you were out there for Juneteenth and as well, I know you're out there as a, a father because not... Not only that aspect of it, but when it comes to the community itself and at large, you're out there and definitely being a blessing to a host of others when it comes to uh, trying to help us to get some things in order when it comes to dealing with our youth. And they don't necessarily have to be, you know, down that bloodline. But at the same time, when you have that passion about it, you you, you get an understanding about it. So we we walk on some of the same streets and some of the same path. It's just that my shoes Absolutely. are a lot bigger when I wear 16s. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I will never be able to feel them. So. <laughs> <laughs> I took my hat to you, sir. <laughs> but for the listener on is just give us just a little bit of insight for you about yourself for someone that's listening out there that may not know. Because, you know, I've been knowing you for quite some time. But even beyond that, man, you, you are a, an amazing brother. Let me just say that coming out the gate. But just give them just a little bit of history about yourself. Absolutely. I was born and raised here in Minneapolis in south, on the south side, but spent the last 20 years on the north side uh, doing work with children and families and really have dedicated my life to make sure that um, I can be a champion for all children of all ages, um, making sure that we are creating pathways for them to be safe, healthy, and successfully successful both academically and throughout uh, their lifespan and so went back to University of Minnesota to get my master's in applied child and adolescent development to make sure that we understand what children need at each stage of the development and how both mother and father contribute to that development across the lifespan. Now when we're talking about the uh, the lineup of development and growth when it comes to the, to the youngsters, the youth themselves, um, how does singing to a youngster as a child, contribute to the brain development during the first critical, you know, uh, thousand days of their early life? Yeah, so just remembering that in the first 1,000 days, there are a lot of neuron connections that are happening in the brain. And as it relates to, you know, just 
singing, you have to think about the fact that um, tone and rhythm really help to build brains. And um, when we think about music and singing in general, that is a form of communication, which goes back to that whole language development. So in the first 1,000 days, when we talk to our children, when we have those interactions with singing and playing and all of the pieces we've been talking about, we are literally wiring that brain and, and making for a healthy brain. And so singing is just like talking, but it has an even greater effect because of the tone and the rhythm that singing brings to the interaction. And when you look at a baby's eyes, you can tell um, that, you know, they are getting excited. Um, and when you sing to them and you, you know, have, you know, inversions in your voice and those kinds of things, you can just see how that is having an impact on the baby and how much they are in tune with you and trying to really receive what you are singing to them. And even as, you know, children are born um, and even before they are able to pick up on tone. So we know prenatally um, children are learning tones before they are even even born, and so that is how they recognize their their caregivers' voices. And so, when we sing to them, even after birth, um, it is really just you know building that brain, building that relationship and connection, and um, you know helping them to really feel like um, what the interactions they are having is meaningful and quality. And, you know, it really helps them to calm down um, when they are feeling anxious. And so I think about even nursery rhymes and the educational component of nursery rhymes, um, like Old MacDonald had a farm and how that educates um, children, how we even learn the alphabet. What do we do? We sing the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And so those are ways to help children, especially um, early on, remember and learn and um, just understand words and and letters and all of the pieces, right, that help them be successful as they get into kindergarten. Now, when we're talking about success, when we're talking about academics for, for a young youth, and we're talking about, you know, the first thousand days of their life, and then trying to uh, figure out, you know, when, when, when they're growing, they're talking about tones and sounds and feelings and those different things. Can you uh, get a little more in depth when it comes to some specific benefits when it comes to actually digging in deep with the youngster and making sure that they get that feel? Because when we're talking about, you know, growing up and doing different things, there's different signs or symptoms that says to yourself, well, maybe this child is going to be uh, uh, like music. This one may be like like books and, and, and those different things. Mm -hmm. How does that balance out? Yes, and, you know, I think that based on the child's temperament, um, based on their personality, they're going to gravitate to different kinds of interactions. But um, McPhail did a study recently in, in recent years around how music can be used as a tool for learning. And um, they use music as kind of an early childhood intervention to boost self-regulatory development um, with children. But what they found is that you know, musical activities provide a natural, fun teaching tool 
um, that anyone can use, whether it's parent, whether it's community giver, uh, a community person, or um, a teacher. But also music helps young children get ready to learn new skills um, and have the ability to self-regulate um, so that they can focus once they get into the classroom. Um, it helps them um, to you know, address stressors in their environment. Um, and so when music is played and you, know, you can have fun songs to sing, um, it really has the long-term effects on um, a child's well-being. And so being able to um, integrate music into learning and just into our everyday activities actually um, is addressing learning and closing achievement gaps. So we talk about the achievement gap, you know, these these one-on-one interactions that we have with children around talking, singing, playing, um, all of those things are helping to close uh, those gaps in achievement. Now, when we're looking at, at North Minneapolis, because you've been in this community for quite some time and dealing with the youth and, and you know, talking about, you know, the growth and growing and that kind of thing. One, how important is it for the parent or parents or those that are around the baby itself? Is, is it important for touch and feel to the point of, uh, you know, I know that a lot of times when, you know, when the mother has the baby, they want to lay the baby on the mother's breast and, 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 and say, you know, the heartbeat is one of those things. But then at the same time, having the father there for conversation to where that baby gets familiar with that voice as well. And then that's that soothing factor when you're talking about, you know, the, 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 the energy of, of, of the baby being interjected or inter, inter, interjecting on, yeah. on, on just the, the, the energy of, of that whole right. aspect. But then even beyond that, when it comes to, um, you know, making sure that that child is going in a direction, and is there any kind of different ways that you can say that this is how we need to do this in order to make this happen, in order for that growth? Because I know that they learn a lot of different things in school, but that right. comes after right. the fact. But for the parents yeah. themselves, that's what I'm speaking of. Yeah, so we know that the parent is the first and the primary teacher. And when we talk about parenting, I say that, you know, mothers and fathers share a dual primary role in developing attachment with children. And so equally, you know, the mother and the father are creating a bonding relationship with the child, and much of that bonding happens through the connections and the interactions, and not just the verbal interactions, but it is exactly what you said, the touching, um, being able to show affection and to uh, help the baby feel secure, um, making sure that we're being attentive and responsive is something that both mothers and fathers can do um, to help that baby grow and develop in uh, healthy ways. And so touch, I mean, touch is so important for babies, and it has been studied. Um, there was a study that was done in Romania of a group of uh, babies that were not touched by their caregivers or by anyone. They were in um, kind of a child uh, group home, but they were not touched for a period of time, and it had significant developmental um, uh, negative developmental impacts. Um, and so we know that touch is really important, that children need to be held, they need to be nurtured, uh, they need to be supported um, and, and, and touched in many ways um, even during, you know, bathing and diaper changes and all of those ways, you know, you mentioned laying on the chest, 
those are wonderful ways that parents can help um, babies, you know, feel that bonding and attachment uh, that they need for healthy development. Well, I'd like to say thank you very much. Definitely thank you very much for, uh, you know, taking time out to schedule and enlightening the listening audience. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, that's Mr. Andre Dukes, one of the coolest cats that I know. And uh, <laughs> many blessings and happy belated Father's Day and happy belated anything else that's belated. <laughs> yes, sir. Same to you. And thank you so much again. Um, let's sing to our babies. Let's make that our priority this week to sing to our babies every chance we get. No doubt, no doubt. It's FM 89.9 KMLJ and letting you know that you can hear a recording of this show, littlemomentscount.org backslash podcast, or you can lock in and learn more about Little Moments Count, and that's at the website at littlemomentscount.org. It's FM 89.9 KMOJ, no question about it. It's the People Station.